Tipi Taka Recitals on Edward Reed's Buddhist Books Podcast. <clears throat> Parajika Part 2. Part 2. It's uh, too many numbers. Um, I hope everyone's doing well. Um, upon listening to um, Part 8, I realized that there was a number of times that I was speaking faster than I was thinking. Uh, misspeaking, the only of the 62, as far as I know, uh, religions that were so-called established in 6th century BC that could really be said to be Dravidian and go back to the Indus River Valley civilization is Jainism, at least according to their narrative, um, where the others were non-Brahmanic, non-Vedic, not related to the tradition brought in the Aryan invasion, yes, but not Dravidian and didn't go back to the Indus River Valley civilization, except perhaps in spirit, some of them. Um, not important. Anyway, just wanted to let you know that I knew that I know that I was full of shit when I was saying that the 62 were uh, Dravidian. Anyway, if that came up, probably didn't, most likely. Anyway, should we get to the reading just to be different? <clears throat> Okay, let's do it. Now, at that time, the group of six... Oh, real quick, if this is your first time seeing me, you've already clicked away, no doubt, but if you haven't, click here instead. Um, that will take you to the Tipitaka playlist. Start with episode one. We're just kind of jumping in in the middle of a sentence here, so it's not an ideal place to start watching this series. Okay, but for those of you who already saw the previous episodes. We're picking up right where we left off. <clears throat> now, at that time, the group of six monks going to the bleachers ford and stealing a bundle of things that had been bleached carried it off to the park and divided it. The monks spoke, quote, you, your reverences, have great merit for many robes have accrued to you, end quote. quote. Where is the merit for us, your reverences? How, uh, now we, having gone to the bleachers ford, stole a bundle of things that have been bleached, end quote. quote. But surely, your reverences, a course of training was made known by the Lord. How can you, your reverences, steal a bundle of things that have been bleached? It is true, your references, that a course of training had been made known by the Lord, but it is for the village and not for the jungle. End quote. Quote, Surely, your references, it is just as much for that. It is not fit. It is not seemly. It is not becoming. It is not worthy of a recluse. It is not right. It should not be done. They said the exact same thing about the monkey. But anyway, how can you, your references, steal a bundle of things that have been bleached? Your references, it is not for the benefit of non-believers, nor for increase in the number of believers. It is to the detriment of non-believers as well as of believers. And it causes wavering in some, end quote. And then these monks, having rebuked the group of six monks in various ways, told this matter to the Lord. Then the Lord, on this occasion, for this reason, having the company of monks convened, questioned the group of six monks. 
Is it true, as they say, monks, that you, having gone to the bleacher's ford, stole a bundle of things that had been bleached? It is true, Lord. The enlightened one, the Lord, rebuked them, saying, It is not fit, foolish men. It is not seemly. It is not becoming. It is not worthy of a recluse. It is not right. It should not be done. How can you, foolish men, going to the bleacher's ford, steal a bundle of things that had been bleached? Foolish men. It is not for the benefit of non-believers, and it causes wavering in some. Oh, as well as of believers, and it causes wavering in some. I had to fill that in because the dots. Love me some dots, right? Then, end quote, then... The Lord rebuking the group of six monks for their difficulty in behaving themselves, followed by three dots, continuing, praising the putting forth of energy, giving Dhamma talk on what was right and on what was seemly said to the monks, three dots, end quote. When it's like obvious, when there's like an established repetition of like a, a paragraph, and you use like the first few words and then the dots. It's annoying to have to refer back to that when it was all written out. But what's even more annoying is when there's just no clue. There's just no, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i going to have to do some serious detective work, Polytech Society, to uh, figure out what should be in those dots. Is that part of the uh, Polytext burnt or missing or... I mean, does somebody find it obvious what should go in there? Sorry. It's just a... Anyway, how, how is everyone? Feeling enlightened yet? Ooh. Ooh. So enlightened. Are you feeling it? I think it might be the coffee. Let me see. Yeah, it's the coffee. Okay. End quote. Thus, this course of training monks should be set forth. Quote, Whatever monk should by means of theft take from a village or from the jungle what was not what has not been given to him in such manner of taking as kings catching a thief is in the act of stealing would flog him or imprison him or banish him saying you are a robber you are foolish you are wrong you are a thief even so a monk taking what is not given him is also one who is defeated he is not in communion. End quote. Oh, I noticed um, in re-listening to yesterday's episode also that that whole thing took place, I believe, in Rajgriha, what later became Rajgir, the city of kings, where Mahavir practiced and lived and taught and where the kings learned from him and were devotees of him and so on. So that king who was saying, I'm supposed to be nice to recluses and uh, you know people like that was possibly either a uh, student of Mahavir himself or the son of a student of Mahavir. Very interesting, very interesting. That was actually that same town where later, if you saw the uh, yeah the Jay and Sutras episodes, where later they would convene and have the first council of early Buddhism pre-sectarian Theravada, that same city where that story took place, where, uh, what's his name, 
null something had stolen the uh, the wood from the king. All right. Whatever means he who dot 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 monk dot 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 is monk to be understood in this meaning. I just have to accept it. I have to I have to learn acceptance. I have to accept the three dots. Okay. Dear Buddha, where's Buddha? Buddha, help me find it in my heart to accept the three dots that the Polytech Society have decided to use in place of words. It just occurred to me that uh, the dots are referring back how many pages? Okay, so those uh, dots on page 73 are referring back to something written on page 42. Silly me. I should have known. Uh, that's where it says, whatever means he who, on account of his relations, on account of his social standing, on account of his name, on account of his clan, on account of his morals, on account of his dwelling, on account of his field of activity, an elder or a novice or one of middle standing. This is called whatever. Monk means... He is a monk because he is a beggar for alms, a monk because he submits to wandering for alms, a monk because he is one who wears the patchwork cloth, a monk by the designation, parentheses of others, a monk on account of his acknowledgement, a monk is called come monk. A monk is endowed with going to the three refuges, a monk is auspicious, a monk is the essential, a monk is a learner, a monk is an adept. Uh, mm -hmm. A monk means one who is endowed with harmony for the order, with the resolution at which the motion is put three times and then followed by the decision, with actions, parentheses, in accordance with Dhamma and the discipline, end parentheses, with steadfastness, with the attributes of a man perfected, whatever monk is endowed with harmony for the order, with the resolution at which the motion is put three times and then followed by the decision with actions in accordance, parentheses, with, in accordance with Dhamma and the discipline, and parentheses. Apparently that's like a translator's note. All right. Uh, with steadfastness and the attributes of a man perfected, this one is a monk as understood in this meeting. All right. So that's what was in the dots. Now we know. Village means a village of one hut uh, and a village of two huts, a village of three huts, and a village of four huts, a village with human beings, and a village with beings who are not human, and a fenced in village, and a village which is not fenced in, and a village arranged fortuitously, and even a caravan that is camping for more than four months is called a village. The precincts of the village means of a fenced-in village, the outward stone throw of a man, of average height standing at the threshold, of a village not fenced in, the outward stone throw of a man of average height standing at the precincts of a house. The jungle means leaving aside the village and the outskirts of the village, what remains is called the jungle. What has not been given means what has not been given. 
nor granted, nor thrown away. What is guarded, protected, cherished, what belongs to others. This is called what has not been given. By means of theft means intending to steal, intending to thieve. Should take means, should take, should steal, should thieve, should interrupt the mode of movement, should remove from a place, should wait at a rendezvous. In such a manner of taking as means a pada, the worth of a pada, or more than a pada. Kings mean kings of the earth, local kings, kings' deputies, subordinate chieftains, judges, chief ministers, moreover, those who administer torture and maiming are called kings. All right. A thief means he who takes by means of theft anything, in parentheses, having the value of five masakas or more than five masakas that has not been given, he is called a thief. Loophole! He can steal up to four masakas worth of stuff. Would flog means they would flog with the hand the foot or a whip or a cane or a rod or with maiming. Would imprison means they would imprison with a binding of rope, with binding of fetters, with a binding of chains, with a binding of a house, with a binding of a town, with a binding of a village, with a binding of a small town, or they would make a guard of men. All right? <clears throat> so when they say, don't leave town until we get back to you, that's imprisoned according to the scriptures. Okay. Uh, would banish means they would banish from the village or small town or town or province or rural district. You are a robber. You are foolish. You are wrong. You are a thief means this is censure. Even so means a pata or the worth of a pata or more than a pata. It's less than a pata. Take it. But, sir, it was only for uh, of the things, masakas. I wonder how much that would be in today's money with inflation and all from 2,600s or, 2000, or rather 2,600 some odd years ago. How much inflation is that? Probably a lot. I imagine a rupee would have been worth a lot back then if they'd had them. I think back in the 60s you could pay one rupee and take a rickshaw across town. I think you can still get the smallest brew packet. So like when they make coffee, they, they roast it. They take the burnt, the most burnt, unusable part of, of the roasting, and then they package it up and they sell it. And it's called brew, B-R-U. And the smallest packages are one rupee. That's the only thing that I know of in this world that has the value of one rupee. All right. Uh-huh. You could probably steal those and get away with it. Be like Buddha. It was a it was a brew packet. He'd be like, "Get back to your vihara." All right. Anyway, um, mm -hmm. yes. Taking means taking, stealing, thieving, interrupting the mode of movement, moving from a place, waiting at a rendezvous. Also means it is so. It is called so. In reference to the first, one who is defeated means, as a withered leaf freed from its hold could not become green again, thus a monk, by taking, taking by means of theft, 
a pada, or the worth of a pada, or more than a pada, which had not been given to him, is not a recluse, is not a son of the Sakyans. Therefore he is called one who is defeated. Not in communion means communion is called one work, one rule, an equal training. This is called communion. He who is not together with this is therefore called not in communion. Being in the earth, being on firm ground, being in the air, being above ground, being in the water, being in a boat, being in a vehicle, carried as a burden, being in a park, being in a vihara, being in a field, being on a property, being in a village, being in a jungle, water, tooth cleaner, what? Forest tree, goods in transit, deposit, customs frontier, a creature without feet, two-footed, four-footed, many-footed creatures, a spy, the keeper of entrusted wares, an arranged theft, the making of a rendezvous, the making of a sign. Well, if we learned anything from, uh, I think, the previous episode or the one before that, a list like that is surely like the title chapter. This is what they're going to be going through. It's more like a table of contents, really. Okay. Being in the earth means the goods are put down into the earth, buried and covered. If he says, quote, I will take the goods which are in the earth, end quote, and intending to steal, either he seeks for a companion or he seeks for a hoe, or a basket, that's H-O-E, or, parentheses, goes, okay, basket, parentheses, or, and parentheses, goes, parentheses, himself. Let's try that without the parentheses. Uh, or he seeks for a hoe, or a basket, goes. All right, let's see when we add the, uh, the, the, these helpful words that are in parentheses. Or he seeks for a hoe or a basket or goes himself. It's fine without the words in parentheses. Okay, there is an offense of wrongdoing. What are we talking about? Okay, so so if you dig up something that you know, you know, uh, they buried there to keep safe, and you go dig it up, that's stealing. All right. Okay, if he breaks a piece of wood or a slender tree growing there, if he digs up the soil or removes it or lifts it up, three dots, if he lays hold of a large round pot, there is an offense of wrongdoing. So wrongdoing is different from being defeated. So if you hold a large round pot, there's an offense of wrongdoing but you're not defeated. All right. Uh, making it enter his own bowl, then, oh, whoa, okay, okay, okay. Yes, right. The, okay, if he makes it quiver, then there is a grave offense. So if you grab hold of a large round pot, that is an offense if it's not your pot. If you make it quiver, it is a grave offense because you might break it, right? If you, you remove it from place, there is an offense involving defeat. Ah, so that's the line. So if this is not mine, this is wrongdoing. This is a grave offense. This will get you kicked out of the order. 
All right. That's the shades, the shades of gray toward being kicked out for stealing. It's clear. Okay. Right. Making it enter his own bowl, he touches something worth five masakas or more than five masakas. There is an offense of wrongdoing. If he makes it quiver, there is a grave offense. If he either puts it in his own bowl or detaches a handful, there is an offense involving defeat. Just steal four masakas. If you go around and you steal four masakas, right? And you go over there and you steal four masakas. And you go over there and you steal four masakas. You know, I didn't steal five masakas. I stole four and four and four and four. I mean, that's more than five masakas, right? So I, maybe they'll get into it. They probably will, given how thorough they were about um, the previous sex stuff. Yes, thank you. Watchmen, HBO series. Okay. Um, isn't that nice? That's how people go around and say, hey, get step right up, get your newspapers. He's not selling newspapers, though. It's probably fruit or something. All right. Um, yes. If he touches the goods intending to steal them, and, in parentheses, puts on an article such as a chain or a string or an ornamental string of beads for the throat or an ornamental string of beads hanging from the ear or an ornamental girdle or a cloak or a turban, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If he makes it quiver, there is a grave offense. If holding it by the top, he raises it up, there is a grave offense. If he draws it out, leveling it, there is a grave offense. If he releases the goods, in parentheses, even, as much as, a hair's breadth from the rim of the bowl, there is an offense involving defeat. Okay. If... Intending to steal, he drinks at one gulp ghee or oil or honey or molasses to the value of five masakas or more than five masakas. Then there is an offense involving defeat. Inasmuch as he breaks or disperses or burns or renders useless, there is an offense of wrongdoing. Being on firm ground means the goods are put down on the firm ground. I don't think they had the rule about not putting the thing you're defining in the definition back then. Say, you know, I mean, it's like, it means this. Monk means monk. It means when I say, hey, monk, that's monk. Right? I mean, anyway. Okay. If intending to steal and saying, I will steal goods which are on the firm ground... He either searches for a companion or goes himself. There is an offense of wrongdoing. So he's covering like, you know, okay, you're still stealing if you have someone else steal it for you. If he touches them, then there is an offense of wrongdoing. If he makes them quiver, there is a grave offense. If he removes them from the place, there is an offense involving defeat. Being in the air. Oh, okay, being on the ground, being in the air. This was that, the opening thing. Being in the air means the goods going in the air. A peacock 
or a fran colin partridge, or a partridge or quail, or a cloak, or a turban, or an ornament, or gold, being broken, falls to the ground, and he says, I will steal the goods which have been in the air. If intending to steal, he either searches for a companion or goes himself, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If he interrupts their journey, if he touches them, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If he makes them quiver, there is a grave offense. If he removes them from the place, there is an, inf- there is an offense involving defeat. Being above ground means the goods are found above ground. They get stuck in a couch or chair or on a bamboo peg for hanging up a robe or on a cord for hanging up a robe or on a peg in the wall or on an elephant tusk or peg. That was back when ivory was still legal. Sad. Or in a tree, even on the support for a begging bowl. If intending to steal, he thinks, I will steal the goods that are found above ground. He either searches for a companion or goes himself. There is an offense of wrongdoing for thinking that. If he touches them, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If he makes them quiver, there is a grave offense. If he removes them from the place, there is an offense involving defeat. Being in the water means the goods are put down in the water. Intending to steal, he thinks, I will steal the goods which are in the water. He either searches for a companion or goes himself. There's an offense of wrongdoing. He either dives into the water, parentheses, or emerges from, parentheses, it. There is an offense of wrongdoing. If he touches the goods, parentheses, Uh, That was in the previous chapter. Different goods. There is an offense of wrongdoing. If he causes them to quiver. Wrong chapter. Once again. There is a grave offense. If he removes them from the place. Ouch. There is an offense involving defeat. Trying to make this a little bit more entertaining than it is. Uh, Intending to steal. He touches either a blue, red, or white lotus, which is growing there. Or the sprout of a lotus. I think he means literally lotus, like the flower. Not like the scent of the lotus, in quotes. Anyway. Or a fish or a turtle to the value of five masakas. Oh, so it's a cheap lotus. It's like, get your lotuses, only four masakas. Oh, I'll steal all of them. (laughs) Or do you add them up? Four plus... Four is eight. Ah, that's more than five masakas. Maybe. And is that in a lifetime or at one time? Like in a day. You can steal four masakas worth of lotuses per day. Or in your whole life. I don't know. Maybe he'll get into it. I'm curious. Inquiring minds want to know. Because then we'll be enlightened, right? Um, Just kidding. Okay. Well, in a sense, in a certain usage of the word. All right. Uh, if he if he removes them from the place, there is an offense involving defeat. A boat means that by which one crosses. Being in a boat means the goods are put down in a boat. Intending to steal, he thinks, I will steal the goods which are put down in a boat. He either searches for a companion or goes himself. There is an offense of wrongdoing. If he touches them, 
dot 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 involving defeat. There's an offense involving. If he touches them, dot 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 involving defeat. So okay, if he touches them, there's an offensive wrongdoing. If he causes them to quiver, there is a grave offense. And if he removes them from place, there's an offense involving defeat. I think that's what goes in those three dots. I wonder how much longer this book would actually be. Would it be this thick if they didn't put so many things in dots? If it would only be a little thicker? I mean, just, just write it out. I mean, it's sad that there isn't anything in the world that includes all the words of the Tibitaka without dots. To me, anyway. All right. Mm -hmm. Intending to steal, he says, I will steal the boat. Dot, 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 or goes himself, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If he touches it, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If he makes it quiver, there is a grave offense. If he loosens the moorings, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If, having loosened the moorings, he touches it, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If he makes it quiver, there is a grave offense. If he makes it move up or down or across the river, even for as much as a hair's breadth, there is an offense involving defeat. A vehicle means a litter, a two-wheeled carriage, a wagon, a chariot. Being in a vehicle means the goods are laid down in a vehicle. Intending to steal, he thinks, I will steal the goods laid down in the vehicle. He goes himself or finds a companion, there's an offense of wrongdoing. If he touches them, there's an offense of wrongdoing. If he causes them to quiver, there's a grave offense. If he removes them from place, then there is an offense involving defeat, I assume, is what are in the dots. Um, yes. Intending to steal, he thinks, I will steal the vehicle. He finds a companion or goes himself, there's an offense of wrongdoing. If he touches it, and so on and so forth, involving defeat. So if he touches it, it's naughty. If he makes it quiver, it's seriously naughty. And if he picks it up, then he's out. Out. You're not a monk anymore. A burden means a burden carried on the head, a burden carried on the back or shoulder, in parentheses, a burden carried on the hip and hanging down. Intending to steal, he touches the burden on the head. There is an offense of wrongdoing. If he makes it quiver, there is a grave offense. If he robs the back of its burden, there is an offense involving defeat. I mean, intending to steal, he touches the burden on the back. There is an offense of wrongdoing. If he makes it quiver, there is a grave offense. If he robs the hip, there's an offense of involving defeat. Intending to steal, he touches the burden on the hip. There's an offense of wrongdoing. If he causes it to quiver, there's a grave offense. If he takes it with his hands, there's an offense involving defeat. Intending to steal the burden with his hand, he deposits it on the ground. There is an offense involving defeat. Intending to steal, he takes it from the ground. Then there is an, an offense involving defeat. A park means a park with flowers, a park with fruit, i.e. an orchard. Being in a park means the goods are laid down in the park in four places, in the earth, on the firm ground, in the air, above the ground. Intending to steal, he thinks, I will steal the goods which are in the park. 
he finds a companion or goes himself, there's an offense of wrongdoing. If he touches them, there's an offense of wrongdoing. If he causes them to quiver, there is a, a grave offense. And if he removes them from place, there's an offense involving defeat. Intending to steal, he touches a root growing there, or a piece of bark, or a leaf, or a flower, or a fruit to the value of five masakas. Or more than five masakas, there's an offense involving defeat. Oh, if he touches it, intending to steal. Oh, right, dot, 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 involving defeat. So if he touches it, then there's an offense of wrongdoing. If he causes it to quiver, there's a grave offense. And if he removes it, there's an offense involving defeat. Thank you. I'm, I'm starting to be able to handle these dots. Okay. If he evokes doubt... Oh, wait. If he claims the park... There's an offense of wrongdoing. <laughs> That's my bark. <laughs> There's an offense of wrongdoing. Okay. If he evokes doubt in the keeper of the park, there is a grave offense. Well, you think this is your park? No, no. I think you you'd start gaslighting the park keeper. Like, oh, no, no, no. Your park is down that way. This is my park. And he's like, what? Huh? Grave offense. Not quite kicked out, but don't gaslight the park keeper. That's even more serious than just saying, this is my park. Anyway, um, yes. If the keeper saying, this will not be for me, gives up his post, there is an offense involving defeat. So if you actually convince the park keeper that his park is not his park and he leaves, you're out. You're not a monk anymore. Don't do that. <laughs> I mean, maybe it does. Like they have to find a place to build their vihars, so maybe they 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 find parks. And they're like, "Oh, I like this park." Hey, hey, this isn't yours. This is mine. Maybe it happens. I mean, I guess it happened. You know, because they're talking about it. Resorting to law, he defeats the keeper. There's an offense involving defeat. Wow. So if a monk like takes a park keeper to court and like uses false evidence or something or a very persuasive lawyer did they have those back then to uh to convince the judge to to say yes the park is yours monk then you, the buddha kicks you out because you shouldn't do that right okay that's a rule in pre-sectarian early buddhism don't do that okay Resorting to law, he is defeated. There is a grave offense. Of course, a person might, you know, like in the context of like how the Old Testament, you're not allowed to eat uh, shellfish or mix cotton with other kinds of um, cloth or like be gay, you know? So people say, oh, well, you know, that's all right next to this. If you eat pork, then you can't tell me that I can't be gay because this. And so it's like, well, I'm not going to be chased. I am going to have sex with the severed head's mouth, so I guess I can steal then, too. Don't, don't think that way. I mean, maybe you weren't thinking that way, but now that I've pointed it out to you, try to avoid thinking that way. And stay away from severed heads. Okay. Um, yes, so, being in a vihara means the goods are deposited in a vihara in four places. In the earth, on the firm ground, in the air, above the ground. Intending to steal, he thinks, I will steal the goods deposited in the vihara. 
he finds a companion or goes himself, there's an offensive wrongdoing. If he touches it, there's a, a, an offensive wrongdoing. If he causes it to quiver, there's a grave offense. And if he removes it from place, there's an offense involving defeat. If he claims the Vihara as his own and there's an offensive wrongdoing, if he gaslights the monk whose Vihara it is, then there is a grave offense. And if he actually convinces the monk and the monk leaves the Vihara or he takes the monk to court and is awarded the Vihara, then... There is, then he is defeated, I assume is what are in the dots based on the previous paragraph. Right. There is a grave offense. It's just thrown in there. He's defeated and there is a grave offense. So it's like he's guilty of a felony and a misdemeanor. You're going to jail for life, buddy, and for a year. Um, anyway, a field means where grain and pulses are produced. Being in a field means the goods are deposited in a field in four places. In the earth, on the firm ground, in the air, above the ground. Intending to steal, he thinks, I will steal the goods deposited in the field. If he finds someone else or goes himself, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If he touches it, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If he causes it to quiver, there is a grave offense. And if he removes it from place, then he is defeated. Oh, there is an offense involving defeat. The dots, you understand. Intending to steal, he either touches the grain which grows there or pushes the value or pulses the value of five masakas. Oh, intending to steal, right. Uh, the value of five masakas, there's an offense involving defeat. I love that it's the value of five masakas. Like, okay, whatever that is, you can, you can steal less than that. It's fine. So if you can if you can make a meal, you know, just find find the least valuable food item that is the most tasty for you, and just steal four masakas worth. Then you don't have to beg anymore. Simple, right? Okay. Anyway, uh, which grows there, uh, or the pulses to the value of five masakas or more than five masakas? There is an offense involving defeat. If he claims the field, dot dot dot, he is defeated. So if he claims the field, it's wrong. If he gaslights the field keeper, then it's so wrong. And if the field keeper is like, oh, I guess you're right, and lets you have the field, you're defeated. Right? There is a grave offense also, in addition to being defeated. If he shifts the post or the cord or the fence or the boundary, there's an offense of wrongdoing. Hmm. Okay. Before he has finally done this, there is a grave offense. When he has finally done this, there is an offense involving defeat. Okay, I'll just keep reading. A property means a property of a park, the property of a vihara. Being on a property means the goods are deposited on a property in four places, in the earth, in the firm ground, in the air, above the ground. Intending to steal, he thinks... I will steal the goods which are on the property. If he finds a companion or goes himself, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If he touches it, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If he causes it to quiver, there is a grave offense. If he removes it from place, then there is an offense involving defeat. If he claims the property, then there is a wrongdoing. If he gaslights the field keeper, there is a grave offense. If the field keeper finally gives in and says, okay, I guess... I guess I was wrong. I could have sworn this was my field, but 
okay, and leaves, you are defeated. Don't do that. These poor field keepers, were they that easily tricked? Anyway, uh, and also there is a grave offense. If he shifts the post, did I read this already? Uh, no. No, no, it's just repeating it. Okay, if he shifts the, uh, the, the post, the cord, the fence, or the boundary, there's an offense of wrongdoing. Before he has finally done this, there is a grave offense, and when he has finally done this, there's an offense involving defeat. So if you do a thing, and then when, you're, when it's almost finished, and then when it's done, those are three different things. I think maybe the translation isn't perfect. Because in English, that doesn't make sense, right? If you pick up the cup, and as you're on your way to pick up the cup, oh, mm -hmm, and then when you finally pick up the cup, okay, those are not three different things. Those are two different things, and the first and the third are the same thing. Right, okay. Being in a village means the goods are deposited in a village in four places, and the earth this one was really good, right? Did you really sit through all of this? <laughs> so did I. It's okay. We're in the same boat. We're, we're among the most dedicated. We really want to know what it says in these early, early scriptures. Because everyone else has clicked away already. All right. Being, except for those on the podcast, hello! I didn't forget you. Are you enjoying uh, what you're listening to? I hope my voice, at least, I try to interject with jokes and stuff, you know, like, because uh, otherwise. Anyway, being in a village means the goods are deposited in a village in four places. Okay, let's say it together. In the earth, on the firm ground, in the air, above the ground, intending to steal, he thinks, I will steal the goods which are in the village. He finds a companion or goes himself. There's an offense of wrongdoing. If he touches them, there is an offense involving defeat. What? What? No dots? What? Right. Okay. I don't know. Either the translator forgot to put the dots in. Or this one, if you touch it, you're defeated. I think it's, I think it's you forgot to put the dots in. So, anyway, if you touch it, it's wrongdoing. If you cause it to quiver, then it's a grave offense. And if you take it, then it's, you're defeated. The jungle means, didn't we go over what the jungle means already? That which is taken for, parentheses, the use, and parentheses, of men, that is the jungle. Is it now? Okay. Hmm. In uh, Hindi, which is derived from Sanskrit, which is not the same as Pali, given, uh, but the, the English word jungle actually comes from the Hindi word jungly, which means like wild. Uh, but here, the definition of the Pali word that has been translated into the English word jungle means that which is taken for the use of men. That is the jungle. It's like a big loop. It's like a big, big circle, like the telephone game. Like, you know, you say... Jungle, 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 jungle. What does it mean? That which is taken for the use of men. No, no, it means like wild and crazy. Like, ah! All right, anyway. Being in the jungle means the goods are deposited in the jungle in four places. In the earth, on the firm ground, in the air, above the ground. Intending to steal, he thinks, I will steal the goods which are, which are in the earth dot 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 or he has access to them 
what do you think goes in the dots? Something, something, or he has access to them. Hmm. I guess we'll never know. Only J.B. Horner and people who, who, who speak Pali, who have the original source text, know what goes in those dots. He didn't want anybody, he didn't want any of us to know what goes in those dots. All right. Or he has access to them. There is an offense of wrongdoing. He touches them, dot, 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 involving defeat. All that stuff about touch it, wrongdoing, quiver it, blah, 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 stuff. Can you imagine like reading like Dune if it was like, and Paul Atreides looked upon his father, dot, 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 the sleeper must awaken. Like how obnoxious would that be? It would be as obnoxious as this. Anyway, right. Intending to steal, he touches a piece of wood growing there, or a creeper, or grass, not that kind of creeper, that was Parajika 1, to the value of, they were all creepers in Parajika 1, my god, those monks, I hope that monks these days aren't like that, I don't think they are, are they? Um, the value of five masakas, or more than five masakas, Eh, some dots involving defeat. There's an offense involving defeat. Why even bother reading this if we're just going to be like, yes, some words and then, you know, some other words and then, you know. Anyway, water means either it has gone into a bowl or into a pond or into a reservoir. A reservoir. Intending to steal, he touches it. Dot, 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 there's an offense involving defeat. So all that stuff about you touch it, it's wrong. You cause it to quiver, it's super wrong. And if you take it, then you're defeated. Yes. Okay. So if you take the water from a pond or reservoir to the value of five masakas, I wonder if like there's like a, you know, every day water has a different value. So you have to like check in with the, the value keepers and say, how much is uh, a liter? Because that's probably how they measured it back then, or maybe gallon. No, probably something else. How much is water? What's water going for these days? Oh, well, this much water is one masaka. Okay. Gulps, 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 gulps. And pour a little bit out and gulp. Oh, but you took it out, so you're defeated. Okay, so make sure you only fill up half, four and a half masakas worth of water. And then you're good. You go above that, you're stealing, you're out. Okay, sorry. Mm -hmm. Five masakas, or more than five masakas into the bowl. Uh, yes, he touches it, intending to steal it, there's an offensive wrongdoing. If he makes it quiver, there's a grave offense. If he puts it into his own bowl, there's an offense involving defeat. If he breaks the embankment, there's an offense of wrongdoing. Having broken the embankment, he empties water to the value of five masakas or more than five masakas. There's an offense involving defeat. Ooh, we skipped over grave offense. Okay. He empties water to the value of more than five masaka or of four masakas. There is a grave offense. Okay. He empties water to the value of a masaka less than a masaka. There is an offense of wrongdoing. A masaka or less than a masaka. Okay. Then there's an offensive wrongdoing. Tooth cleaner means either broken or unbroken. Oh. Oh, I thought it meant something you used to clean your teeth. 
Intending to steal, he touches one of the value of five masakas or more than five masakas. They're an offense of wrongdoing. If he makes it quiver, there is a grave offense. If he removes it from the place, there is an offense involving defeat. I'm sure it does mean tooth cleaner. It's like, like an ancient toothbrush, even if it's broken, if it's worth more than five masakas. You're out of here, buddy. Forest tree means what is taken for the use of men, a useful tree. Intending to steal, he fells it. For each blow, there's an offense of wrongdoing. Whack! Whack! You're thinking of chapter one. Uh, this is chapter two. So we're talking about an axe and a tree. Anyway, um, with one still to come, there is a grave offense. Uh, when that blow has come, there is an offense involving defeat. So if when you get it down to like, when it's just, the tree is just barely there, that's a grave offense. If there's only one whack left, there's a grave offense. With that final whack that causes that tree, which is, you know, up to fall down because you whacked it that final time, then you're defeated in both chapters. Whether we're talking about a tree. Anyway, okay, goods in transit means, see I'm holding this, that means I'm like ready to put it in here. I was hoping to get to a point where like it seemed like a natural place to like, to like end the section. Um, but I don't think we're gonna come up to one. So I'll just read this last paragraph. And then we'll pick up where we left off of this exciting. This was really interesting, wasn't it? Stealing is not as interesting as sex as it seems. All right. Goods in transit means the goods in transit belonging to another. Intending to steal, he touches them. Uh, that's wrongdoing. If he causes it to quiver, then it's a grave offense. And if he takes it, it's an offense involving defeat. Thinking... I will take the carrier together with the goods. He moves the first foot, and there's a grave offense. If he moves the second foot, there's an offense involving defeat. Thinking, I will seize the fallen goods. He makes them fall. There's an offense of wrongdoing. Intending to steal, he touches the fallen goods to the value of five masakas or more than five masakas. Uh, he touches them. There's an offense of wrongdoing. Causes them to quiver. is a grave offense. And if he takes them, there's an offense involving defeat. Wow. This, I think, I think, was even less interesting than um, the least interesting of the polyscriptures section, you remember, that we were reading a few months ago? That was amazing. Amazingly boring. No, but uh, okay. You know, I'm committed to read every word of the old scriptures, so... Sometimes it'll be exciting, sometimes less, less exciting. Thank you, Lord Buddha, for teaching us the, the way. And uh, thank you for going on this ride with me, for all of its twists and turns and ups and downs, the enlightening parts, the parts that make you fall asleep, and the parts that make you kind of horrified. I go, why would a monk do that? Why? What? Jesus, why would any human being do that? Um, yeah, it's all part of the ride. And let's see, was there anything else? Um, I mean, nothing that comes to mind. If anything comes to mind, I can let you know tomorrow. There was that, uh, 
Ooh, that initiation that I was complaining a couple episodes ago, like I don't know the meaning of this word. It just is an initiation into monkhood. Uh, I don't know if like it, the different traditions have different different forms of it. And uh, these days in certain East Asian um, Tibetan uh, monasteries, someone will remain a novice sometimes for most of their life uh, before they actually take the formal monk vow, um, where I think it was different in those days. The upadhyaya, is that the word? No. It's certain, a certain uh, initiation. Well, anyway, when it comes up, I'll let you know that that's what that was. All right. Um, okay, I will go ahead and close. If you watched this episode and you haven't seen any of the other ones, I can't, I don't think that's possible. But if you have seen the other ones and you watched this episode. Wow. Wow. That's all I can say. Okay. And thank you. To the north and to the south. To the east and to the west. To the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below. We send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Until.